In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who is God's answer to our question in His Son, Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, why, 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 why? My child, Cricket, is not old enough yet to say that word. But one of these days, she is going to assault me with all of those questions of why, 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 why. And it won't just be when she's two or three. In fact, those will probably be the easy ones to take. Instead, the, the ones that I'm really not looking forward to are the ones when she's in her teens and her 20s and says, why, 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 why? And... As I field those questions, I am going to be thinking back, hopefully, to God's answer to Job. In Job 38 here, God's response to Job, and Job's question that we don't have in our reading, because it happens many chapters earlier, is essentially this question of why. Why, God? Job's question is, if I am a righteous man... Why am I suffering? That's essentially what Job is asking of God. Job, this person who has been a very righteous human being in the sight of God, who God has allowed to have calamities happen to him. And Job, as he has tried to figure that out, has come up with just about no answers. And it's not for lack of searching, and it's not for lack of other people trying to tell him what the answers are. Job's friends, Job's family, they all offer possible answers to him. They, they offer answers like his wife even says, well, just curse God and die. The answer doesn't matter. God just doesn't like you. So curse God and you'll be dead and this will be over. Which is an answer of sorts. And then he has some other friends who, who come to him and they say, Well, Job, actually, um, what, what probably happened here is that you forgot to confess one of your sins. And so just go through and make a big long list and confess your sins to God. And then everything will be okay finally. And that doesn't really seem to fit with Job. And they keep on going back and forth. Well, it could be this, it could be that. Well, and, and that's kind of where, where we're at, in a way, as we ask God our why questions. We ask our God questions like, why ISIS? Why were those people at Emmanuel AME shot this week? Why did my relationship break down with that person? Why is that person gone now? Why do I feel so bad? Why? 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 And we share our why questions with those who are around us. And they, like Job's friends, try to bring us answers. Like, well, well, this obviously is the reason. Maybe you, you just did something wrong. And if you can just fix that up, then everything will be okay. Or, well... 
There is no right answer, and so you just have to learn to accept the suffering that you have and, well, live life as best as you can. Or any other sort of answer that we come up with in our different approaches to life. These different approaches that all seem to try to figure out at one level or another questions of why. Why is this happening to me? Why did this happen to them? Why is it that way? And we have all of these questions of why, and like incessant two- and three-year-olds, we come to God and we say, why, 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 why? And at times, we feel as if those questions are somewhat falling on deaf ears. We feel unanswered. Because the answers that we're receiving back from God are not the answers that we want God to bring to us. In fact, we would probably like the answer to one of our why questions to be, well, you're, you're just, you're messed up. And if you could just do something about that, well, then life would be better. So, buck up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be a better person and there will be no more suffering. Well, that's not exactly the way that it goes all the time. And so it's a poor answer. It's an incomplete answer. Another answer that maybe we we would like to receive is, well, this sort of cliche that we bandy about in Christian circles that is pretty mindless if you think about it. This cliche of, well, just have faith. I'm going through something very difficult. Well, if you just have faith, then everything will be okay. All of your suffering will, will disappear and you will have your best life now. Good laughter. And yet, there are many people who have a lot of faith and a strong faith who who still have suffering in their lives. So we keep on coming to God with this question of why, why, why? And in Job's case, God comes to Job. And God brings to Job an answer that is not really an answer. An answer that is a series of questions. An answer that is a series of questions that are very pointed, are very rhetorical, are very sarcastic. As God comes to Job and says, dress for action like a man. I'm going to ask you questions, and you answer me. To which, maybe at that point, we just kind of duck our heads and look kind of sheepishly at God and say, that's okay, I don't really need an answer anyway. (laughs) But God keeps on going. And God says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I created the seas? Where were you when all of this stuff happened? And all of mankind together says, not there. 
Because we weren't. According to the account that God gives us in Genesis of how he created the world, when all of those things happened, mankind wasn't around. We were created last. In order to be sort of a crown jewel, a workmanship of God that was supposed to top everything off. But we weren't there when God was doing those things. In fact, we only know reliably of three persons that were there. God the Father, who spoke and it was. God the Holy Spirit, who was hovering over the waters. And God the Son, who was the Word of God, John tells us. And so, as God questions Job... And says, where, where were you? Not a single one of us can answer back to God. It's actually the same thing that happens when Job asks God, well, if I'm a righteous man, then why am I suffering? Well, none of us can ask that question either. Nobody can answer that question, really, because none of us are righteous. All of us, even Job, had sins. Even Job was the son of Adam and Eve, just as we are all sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. And none of us can answer that question. None of us can even ask that question. Because none of us are truly righteous. So we can't come to God and somehow accusationally come to Him and say, Well, Lord, I am a righteous person. Why am I suffering? Because He can look back at us. And He can point out our sins. And He can say, This is why. Your greed Your inability to love all people. Your inability to love me. All of those things. That is why there is suffering in this world. That is why there is ISIS. That is why there are dead people in Charlotte. Because of your sin. But there is one. Who could ask the question? Who did ask the question? If I am a righteous person, then why am I suffering? He asked that question as he was hanging on the cross and he shouted out to God, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The only righteous person in the earth. And yet, suffering and dying on a cross. Just like God's answer to Job. God's answer to our why questions about our suffering is maybe not what we want at first but has an internal beauty and an internal majesty that sometimes we forget. 
When we say, God, why is there suffering in this world? When we say, God, why are we suffering? When we say, God, we are your people, what is going on? God says, that's why. I remember being a kid and asking my dad a question about why one time and why I had to do this. And my dad responded in a very interesting way. My dad responded by telling me something that I will cherish. It's one of those pieces of fatherly wisdom that we can celebrate on a day like today, Father's Day. And he looked at me and he said, what is your last name? Winters. You want to know why? Because our last name is Winters. And this is what winters do. I didn't need reason. I just needed to know that identity. I needed to know and be reminded that I was a winters. And that that meant doing certain things. As we gather together today as Christians, God reminds us. What is your name? When you suffer, when things aren't right in the world, what is your name? That name given to you in your baptism is Jesus Christ. And if he suffered, what makes you think that you will not suffer as well? But that is not the end of the gospel. The end of the gospel is that he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay suffering. He rose and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And he has new life. A new life without suffering that he offers to us. And so just as his life has moments of suffering and moments of exaltation, so do ours. And so our calling is to suffer well in this world, to suffer as the friends and the family of those that Emmanuel AME have. And when they were at the courtroom, looking at the person who murdered their friends and family and spoke words to them that said, you have hurt me so badly. I suffer so badly because of you. But I forgive you. Repent. God has much more for you. Amen.